You're listening to Zeros on Heroes with Mike Mercadal and Will Watkins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Zeros on Heroes. Uh, my name is Mike Mercadal. With me, as always, is... Will Watkins. That's Will Watkins. And with us, I'm very excited for this episode. It's a big deal for me. My uh, best friend in the whole wide world. Sorry, Will. My uh, my my best friend, Will. You're garbage. Uh, no, no by comparison shit. is what it is. <laughs> by compar- no, my, my, my best friend in the world. Chris Kwan is here. Hey, everybody. Chris Kwan in the house. That's what he sounds like. Hopefully. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. In the house. Chris, uh-huh. thank you for you're visiting New York. You're here. You you come here pretty like often. Oh man, I've been here too many times. I think I've been here like three times in the last year. Yeah, like you come here you're well you you're a big theater guy. Like you love going to the to Broadway and seeing shows and stuff okay. like that. What, what have you seen? Oh yeah, I nerd out. Uh Last time I was here, I mean, I caught it late, but I saw a Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Oh, no. Yeah, with I the original him. guy who played yeah. it, which is like the reason you see the show. Yeah. No one wants to see Nobody whoever. Nobody wants to see Hamilton anymore. Yeah, no one's going. Who, who's who's the guy that comes after Lin-Manuel Miranda? Who cares? No one. No one, no no one cares. cares. Um, yeah. And I also don't have, you know, $20,000 to yeah. go watch a, a one and a half or two hour show. Well, it's, it's because... The, the the hype around it was I mean it's a good show the, I've heard the music the music's good and you know everything I've seen about it, I'm like yeah I get it you know it's hip hop and it's all this new you know a new way of doing Broadway but then also it's like yeah but four hundred you know I mean I'm not gonna pay two hundred dollars for a ticket to anything anything and they're more than two hundred I could yeah, just listen were, to the soundtrack on Spotify right. free thousand dollars or whatever yeah yeah it was ridiculous. It's I, like watch the Super Bowl or you know yeah, the right. show Super Bowl tickets or whatever, mm-hmm. which is insanity. But yeah, no, you come here pretty often. We, uh, I know I've known you for ten years. I didn't even know Almost. like I, I guess something like that. We've been we 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 started doing improv together, uh, or mm-hmm. we met to get the for the first time when we were doing improv, and uh, we ended up uh, having our own company. All this shit is you know. It's my yeah. best friend. Yeah, man. We did it's hard to of... explain why someone is your best friend. Because I rule. Yeah. And because we rule together. We did. We, we, we have a, like a good sensibility in terms of like uh, whenever we were doing shows together. In terms of improv, we would put, we would put shit together with uh, the company that we were with. And we kind of like we, we were both of the same mindset of like, yeah, we're going to do this for real. Like, let's fucking go hard or whatever. You know what's funny, too? The two of you standing next to each other, you look like a real life version of Yogi and Boo Boo. That's mm-hmm. fair. What's yeah. we've heard a bunch of those. I always compare us to twins, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito one, where <laughs> Mike is Schwarzenegger, um, totally DeVito. Yeah, He's totally there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can see that. I can uh, see that. Yeah, the, the the Danny DeVito thing. We both had. We both rocked the. We're we're like the bearded twins, the bearded version of that movie Twins. Yeah. And you knew me before I had a beard. That's that was right. a pre-beard. Pre-beard. You know. Yeah. That was before he was, you know, I watched him go from boy to man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Thanks for being there for that, man. <laughs> I really appreciate all the support when hair started growing in places that uh, I was like, look, I'd man. been shaving before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I see you got your beard come in. You're going to want to start shaving. He's like, I've been dealing with this since I was a teenager. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, you're here. We, we, it's going to, it's going to come into play later when we talk about who the hero is, but uh, you're, you're here for a reason. Um, you're living in Dallas now? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm in uh, the Lone Star State, 
where everyone's prideful as hell from being from the Lone Star State. I thought people really loved being from New York. Nah, nah dude. Nah, dude. Texas is its own entity. There is a... I don't know if New York has this. I know you didn't go to school here, but um, Texas has, like, a pledge, its own pledge. That's kids in schools. They'll pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and then they pledge allegiance to the Texas flag. What? Yeah, that? straight up. One state under God, Texas. Does it involve the N-word in there? Anyway? Yeah, right? That's what it feels like. Well, it was, it was funny. We were, talk- <laughs> we were having this conversation earlier where uh, when you've been dating out there, and because uh, you, Fe- you moved out there in February. And then so he's dating out there, and he's had more than one conversation where they're like, oh, I thought you were you were white. Also, he, let, let's paint a picture of how I look. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, so I was going to say. He looks so. like a Cuban Snorlax. Yeah. <laughs> he's a short, yeah, he's just a, you're, you're white. Yes. Uh, you're white. There's he, no confusion about yeah. that. Yeah, there's no confusion about that. But he's Cuban. He's like, he's like Cuban, like me. Uh, but then he, but then he'll go on a date and then these, these Texas girls will be like, oh, I thought you were like all white. I thought you were white. And I'm like, what? I am white. Yeah. No, no, but you know, but you know white yeah not that's like the, <laughs> that's the uh that's the like the the in parentheses like what they really want to say like if there was like a like an inner monologue going on it's like ah oh, fuck all right let's see if you're acceptable white you're like you're close <laughs> enough to white what, what i start to realize i'm like did you mean you thought i was white or you thought my last five generations <laughs> right yeah this were <laughs> a white or american yeah. born in America being well, white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, you're here from te- you're originally from Miami, uh living in Texas, hanging out in New York. Uh we we had some fun. We'll get it to we'll get to it when we talk about the hero, but uh but first we got hero news. Hero news. That's how Will does it. Um you're encouraged to do that in whatever version you want to do it. You wanna you say hero news, you can do it like he did it or, or go a different different way. Right now, yeah, yeah. like one, oh, two, like, three. Like, Hero news. Oh, uh, a little bit of Japanese racism in there. There we go. Ooh, I Ple- like it. He, uh, yeah, or you know the best way, like if you ever do a weird accent that is obviously racist, you'd be like, no, I I do an alien character from yeah, another planet. It's yeah, a gungan. It's a gungan. Yeah, you're, it's a you're, gungan. You're racist for thinking. It's it's the yeah. Japanese. yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> so offensive to the gungans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you no consideration? Which today is actually the anniversary of uh, Victory in Japan Day. The yeah, the what when they what, signed um, the on, on the the deck the of the USS Missouri. Thank you. I was trying to remember the thing, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a that's so, pretty uh, serendipitous how it worked out. Shout Good out job. to all the heroes. Shout out to all the heroes who won uh, World War Two. Shout out to the greatest generation. Fat boy and little man. Is that the the Fa- name of the bombs? It was. Little little man, well, yeah, was it? Fat boy, little man. Fat man, little boy. Fat man, little boy, something like that. Yeah, let's uh, let's applaud nuclear weapons. I always called it Truman's u- left hand and Truman's right hand. Yeah, yeah. the buttons. Where, that's like, where are the buttons? <laughs> Speaking of, shout out to Donald Trump having access to those buttons Ooh. real soon. Ooh. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Sound effects, explosion, Even mushroom the hard bar, Texas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, oh man, I got some. Uh, I'm kind of excited about this. Uh, Greg Berlanti, who was uh, in charge of Flash and the Flash. Uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow and mm-hmm. uh, Arrow and uh, Supergirl, he's shopping around uh, Black Lightning. Black Lightning? Black Lightning would be the first uh, network TV superhero that is a black superhero. But for CW? Uh, they don't know where it's going. 
It could be he might be shopping around uh like Gotham was on Fox. Oh, he might be true. trying to get it on Fox or something like that. Would he be called Black Lightning? I mean, like that. I think so. I think it would actually be like a family type show where it'd be Black Lightning as an older superhero, because Black Lightning has two daughters. He's got Thunder and Lightning. Right. So I think it would follow their Him. adventures together. Like he's retired and doesn't want to fight crime anymore, but his daughters do, and he wants. He's scared they're gonna get into get hurt or whatever it is. One of them is gonna become a villain. Yeah. So it kind of be like uh kind of like Family Matters without Urkel. So is it gonna F- be like, and superpowers? Is it just gonna be like how Empire is, but with oh, superpowers? Maybe. Oh, sh- they should just get the cast of Empire. Oh, that would be a weird, a weird pivot for the show Empire, where suddenly it's like, <laughs> oh, this was about Black Lightning the whole that's time. Right. Jamal, that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> But not you, the other one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cookie's a super villain. No, no. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Cookie's been working with LexCore the entire time. Well, hey, hey, hey. Stop writing this guys, shit for I don't them. Hate this, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the worst idea I've ever heard. No. I think the, they're trying to push it actually because Luke Cage is coming out, and so DC wants an equivalent to cool black guy. Well, they have uh, in the, the new Flash season, they have Wally West is going to be oh, yeah. uh, oh, finally. Kid Flash. What? Finally, he's yeah. becoming. Kid yeah, Flash. I mean, yeah. I, he was—he did nothing the whole last season. Like he oh, was kind of boring the whole yeah. time. And then you, because his name's Wally West, you're like, all right, any minute now, any. Yeah, he any kind of played now. the damsel in distress for a lot of the season. Like too much. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's fast in cars. I'm like, that's not why we love him. That's yeah. not why he's important. But whatever. I mean, if, now that they have Supergirl on CW, though, I have a feeling Ooh. that they're—they're they're trying to rein him in because he could just keep cranking out shows. Like literally, I like the Berlanti verse better than the DC movies that have oh, come man, out. Oh man, I love the Berlanti verse. Yeah, I, I, I've been watching Supergirl and it's fucking great. Yeah, I, enjoy I like Supergirl, it a man. lot. When they introduce John John Jones and they yeah. they yeah, it was dope. Like the whole show, as much as it like we were, we I think we may have talked about this before, but where it was like the Flash was the family dynamic and the Arrow, Arrow was the kind of grizzled, Dark you know, Marine. darker darker show, and then you had. Um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which is like the sci-fi fantasy yeah, yeah. element, and then you the time travel show, and then Supergirl was the, uh, for lack of a better word, the girly one, like the one that's like you know. I a, think it's like I wouldn't call it girly. I would call it more classic superhero. Yeah, more I than guess the other ones. I guess it it didn't really. But I, I, the reason I say girly because it had like this. You'd see her in the relationship with her sister, and then you see her with the guy, oh, okay, and, yeah. and you know, like. Cat Grant and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It was just, I guess, a more, a more, you know, predominantly female-driven storylines yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But you put them all together, and that's like, if you put them all on the same night, I'd watch that whole fucking two hours. They're doing uh, Monday through Thursday. So it's going to go Monday, Supergirl. Tuesday's going to be Flash. Wednesday, yeah. Arrow. Uh, Thursday's going to be Legends of Tomorrow. And Legends of Tomorrow, uh, they just did like a little teaser trailer Yeah, where they have uh, glimpses of Stargirl, Minuteman. Uh, a couple other people, but they also announced Vixen's going to be in it. Uh, Vixen in that she was in the in Arrow, right? Yeah, she had, but the, she had I think since they don't want to use the same actress, they're casting Vixen as like the granddaughter of the original Vixen. She has the same powers and everything like that. Oh, but she's in the future. But she's in the future, so she's right. going to join the crew. And now the whole crew is like, uh, they are the Time Masters. There are no other Time Masters. They're the only ones. So they take it upon themselves to you know, fight the crime throughout all of eternity. Just, oh, thing. so and they're probably going to recruit some more people. Yeah. There you go. All right, I'm on board with that. So that's really- I love, uh, they could, they they have, they haven't failed me yet. You oh, watch yeah, Flash, yeah. right? Oh yeah, Flash yeah. and Arrow. 
Yeah. Uh, do you watch Legends of Tomorrow? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's good, it's worth. I mean, it's worth, but you don't need to see it to enjoy the other shows. Yeah. Like Arrow and Flash, you kind of, at a certain point, you kind of have to watch both because mm-hmm. they once they cross over, you're like, yeah. ah, fuck. They do have a few crossover moments in Legends of Tomorrow, like when they go to like uh, Central City in the future. Yeah. Or uh, which one? Uh, Star no, they go to City Star in City future. in the future. And it's like future Green Arrow. Where he only has one arm. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. Have you seen uh, the sh- the uh, Kevin Smith is doing that show now on AMC called Geeking Out? I haven't seen that one yet. And I've seen comic book man and stuff. But. Yeah, yeah. But the show Geeking Out, it's basically just an excuse for them to capitalize on, you know, like Comic Con culture. But it's Kevin Smith, so, you know. He's that's his life. He, well, he loves all that shit, and he's a big DC guy. But he interviewed Matt Damon, which who he helped make famous, you know, and Dogma, and put him yeah, in a yeah, bunch yeah. of movies and stuff. Um, and he was in, he was doing an in, having him just read lines from possible char- DC characters that he could play oh, yeah? in the DC universe, the anim- the the cinematic universe. And he did a reading of the older Green Lantern. That was missing the arm. That, oh, you know, shit. like Superman had ripped the arm off at a certain. That's how he lost his arm. Superman took it off. Oh, green, green arrow. Green, green arrow. Lantern. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. not Green Lantern. Green arrow. My apologies. But but then he does this line, this line reading, and you could see like he dug it. Like he was, I was like, could you imagine? Ooh. B- green arrow. Green. Matt Damon is Green Arrow. Matt yeah. Damon. In the DC cinematic universe. Oh, that'd be great. Against Batman, Ben Affleck. Like have like teaming up or going against or whatever. Like yeah. I, I I got giddy. I was like, oh, that's dope. You know what I would like to see Matt Damon do? You know Matt Damon was was originally gonna play the uh, Two Face in the Nolan universe. Then he dropped out, so they got Aaron Eckhart instead. Right. So I would that's actually great. I would love to see Matt Damon do it in the, the play Two Face. Because the whole thing about like uh, Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent used to be best friends, and then oh. because of Two Face, oh, that would be I would so fucking good. yeah. It'd That's be like, oh shit! The amount of meta on that how story. Much, how much on-stream chemistry were you like? These two were best friends. They were. Oh. I mean, like you watch Goodwill Hunting as the prequel. To, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, they were both from Boston, and now they're superheroes. You know, <laughs> I don't like those apples anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. yeah. Oh, speaking of which, uh, uh, you know, um. Fucking uh, Ben Affleck is uh he's he's not directing Justice League he's directing the Batman ones the sole standalone Batman but Ben Affleck posted a video of uh Justice League on the set and uh, people caught uh Deathstroke in it D- not caught they showed Deathstroke yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's, they it's, just showed him on it's straight up Deathstroke it, he took a shot did you see this he no. took a shot of the day you know like the the, the, the monitor yeah, yeah, the yeah. monitor the of what's in camera the playback and he took a, he was taking video of the playback and it's like um to so a shot of a screen showing Deathstroke like walking up with the armor he yeah. with the armor and he's got the thing yeah. bro he looks dope and I'm uh, making hand motions which is bad for audio but. now originally Deathstroke was gonna appear in Suicide Squad as like a secondary villain type thing yeah. and they wrote him out early but they were in early negotiations to cast Joe Manganiello in that role oh wow so people are like is this Joe Manganiello and the is that him isn't it Manganiello Manganiello whatever his name is that's the Magic Mike guy that's the, the Magic the Mike the fucking Magic sexiest Mike. dude on the planet yeah. That's Mrs. So- that's Mr. Sophia Vergara. Yeah, yeah. God damn that he was yeah. actually in early contentions to play Superman in uh, Man of Steel, but because of his contract with True Blood, he wasn't able to get out of it. Oh no! We I would have I would have dealt with whatever legal action to be Superman. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I take that back because there was a lot of pressure. What was that? That, that quote that like people people died like are dying to play Batman. You get stuck playing Superman. 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like everyone after the fact, like Brandon Routh and all that shit. Like, cause yeah. he's in uh, Legends of Tomorrow. He's he's great on. Uh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, on that Ray, show. Ray Palmer. Yeah, Ray Palmer. Yeah. Even yeah. though that is like, it's not so much the Adam as it is like bootleg Iron Man at that point. It is bootleg Iron Man, but also, but lately they like in the series and and they they go through and they they make him giant. They make him small. Like he he he's he's basically like Ant Man plus Iron Man. You know, yeah. together, which I'm, uh, you know, and and but I like his character. The story, he, that's a great ensemble show. Oh, I love that show, man. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I did want to, I just want to put in uh, one last thing we can get going. But uh, I'm really excited. They have uh, the new Jumanji movies coming out. Yeah. Do you hear about this? Yes. The Rock is gonna be what is it's, he playing the so Robin Williams character? Here's the thing: is that everybody was like, I can't believe they're fucking rebooting Jumanji, they're remaking Jumanji. Dwayne Johnson said. No, this is a direct sequel, actually. Fuck. So someone else uh, is finding The Rock it. is just so good, though. Yeah. yeah, so it's Dwayne Johnson, uh, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, and... Karen uh, Gillum. Karen Gillum from, from uh, Doctor Who and... Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. So uh, they just... Nobody knows what characters they're playing, so Dwayne, uh, The Rock Johnson, released this character today. He's a doctor whatever, jungle explorer, and he's got the... He looks like a 1950s... Like be adventure movie type guy with a big you know knife on his hip and everything like that with the the hat and everything. Does he look like the guy from uh, Uncharted, Drake, whatever? Kind of, look kind of like that. And, Standard uh, adventurer fare. So I'm guessing what it is is like he's a character in the game that's brought out of the game into the real world. Oh, so like the not, hunter that comes after Robin Williams. Yeah, it's kind of like that, okay. kind of like that. But I think maybe he might be like a good version of that dude. Oh. So I don't think he's like one of the kids who releases. I don't even think there's going to be any kids releasing anything. I think it's like Jack Black and Kevin Hart or something are going to release Dwayne Wait, Jack Johnson. Bla- yeah. Jack oh, Black, okay. They're going to be playing Jumanji or something. Yeah. yeah. I, maybe Jack Black is going to play the kid. Oh, maybe. Yeah. The kid in, from the first one. Maybe Jack Black's going to be that guy. Oh, maybe. Because they said it is. they're going to pay homage to like the characters like Alan Parrish. Yeah. yeah, thing. yeah. They're going to be like Alan Parrish exists in this universe. He's just not here at this moment. Alan Pierce was Robin Williams. Yeah, Williams. yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I I liked that movie when it came out, and there's again, there were some people who like were diehard about that movie. I was I was just a little too old for when that movie came out to really dig yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I was I was like, this is a fun movie, and then I never looked at it again. You know what I mean? Like there's certain yeah. people that are, that, I, and it's totally an age thing. It was totally like a it was like, still good. Time of life. No, it's great. Yeah, I I'm all for it. Look, I've I've grown to really respect like Central Intelligence was one of the funniest movies I seen that it. I'd seen in a minute. Like it was really funny. Oh yeah, it was solid. It was for being a like a like low expectations, you know, Kevin Hart, you know, cuz like Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell, I that that whole Get Hard movie, uh, I had to turn yeah. it off. I, I had mean, to turn, I couldn't watch it. I couldn't finish it. It was that one was kind of dumb. But uh, the, like the, I think the jokes in that movie were a lot of like, oh, avoid rape, you know, that kind of uh, thing. Yeah. Um rape is only funny when it's in prison. Yeah, exactly. And then, but I, I didn't like it. But when I saw it in Central Intelligence, man, I was totally on board. I was totally yeah. on board. That movie was funny, and it wasn't just The Rock playing The Rock. It was him playing like this weird, like kind of almost yeah, psycho yeah. but do-gooder character. Like he was such a weird balance between yeah. that guy, and he was wearing like the unicorn T-shirts and the shorts and shit like that. And he was still a badass. I think that's one of those movies I saw like the trailer for, and it was like, "I'll wait for it on HBO Go." Yeah, yeah. I'm away for that you to, know it's gonna come on an HBO Go. I'm gonna wait for that to be on USA with commercials. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> that's the next level down. 
But ironically enough, man, that that one was one that I saw when I was just like, ah, I'm gonna kill some time. Watch the whole fucking thing. That's what, like uh, the movie Sisters. I thought it was a great movie. That was a fun fucking movie. What we talking was, about? That? Yeah, I thought it was solid. I mean, it was just you it was just it? solid. Yeah, yeah. I saw it in theaters. Again, this goes back to that whole when everybody like th- expects movies to be Citizen Kane every time. It's like, come on, guys. Not every movie is The Godfather, and you guys should you know, like. And for like we were talking about Suicide Squad in the last episode, it's like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? It's fine. I still don't think it was a good movie, but like, it was. It had a cool scenes. Yep. The scene when Deadshot's on the thing and he's shooting the fucking zombie whatevers. Yeah, yeah. Like that was dope. The fact that you just described like, yeah, whatever. He's shooting the things or whatever. That's enough for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on board. That was a fun, fun time. I'm just a fan of turning my brain off for some movies, and that seems like the kind of movie yeah. you just turn your brain off. I think that's the way I need to approach like all the DC movies from now yep. on. It's just like that's what I've learned. Stop thinking. It's like, all right, well, you know, I'll go see Guardians of the Galaxy and I'll probably cry at some point. And uh, yep. Captain America will be inspired and my soul will be torn in half. But when I go see the next uh, Batman movie, I'll just, yeah, whatever, just blow some shit up or kill people now. Yeah. Whatever you do. All right. Yeah, just give me my popcorn and my, pe- and my, my, and my uh, goobers or whatever. My M&Ms. overpriced Reese's Pieces. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I bring those in from outside. <laughs> I bring, yeah, those those come. We got to do that again. Uh, where oh, we should have done that. We do. Um, this might be a thing that I'm gonna start. I want to start planning with people where we go to the Buffalo Wild Wings right next to the movie theater that I go to here in Queens, and then we literally get food, and then put it to to go go into the theater and just eat Buffalo Wild Wings in the movie theater watching the movie. It's the most fun. It's the best experience I've had watching. And I get the stinky wings, too. I get, like, the garlic Parmesan wings. Nice. Just to really stink up that theater. Yeah. You know? I think uh, you do have to go with the boneless for that, though. Yeah, boneless all the way. You can't yeah. have leave any. You just got to, yeah, just giant, essentially just chicken nuggets you the whole time. You can just be dangerous and half and half it if you'd like. And then you just, re- it's dark, so you don't know which one you're grabbing. And then you just <laughs> I mean, <laughs> crack a tooth. Yeah. <laughs> Crunch. Yeah. But, um. So speaking of, uh, of uh, movies that you turn your brain off for, this is the reverse because yeah. it offers both experience. You can, you can. There's some people who are like, you could just turn off the link, but if you, if you watch this gentleman's movies with, like, paying attention, there's so many levels of comedy that it's infathomable. We're gonna talk about uh, Chris Rob Schneider. Yeah, Rob Schneider. No. <laughs> yeah, the animal uh, existential Ooh. masterpiece. Uh, no, we're gonna talk about. But don't uh, forget a Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo. Yeah, the sequel <laughs> years in the making. Yeah, <laughs> worth it. Uh, <laughs> no, we're gonna talk about um, Chris's hero and mine too, Mel Brooks. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Um, uh, also, oh, should, we should probably mention going back to Hero News. Uh, rest in peace, Gene Wilder. Oh yeah. We didn't mention it uh, last episode. I, I don't think it. I don't think it happened yet. I don't think it happened now. But uh, but yeah, Gene Wilder passed away. And Chris came into town. That, uh, I don't. I don't mean to say that those two are related. Uh, yeah, no. I hope there's him, not a direct correlation. Yeah, no. That. <laughs> every time, every time Chris I'm travels, never traveling. <laughs> a beloved comedy celebrity. Where were you? Were you in the air when Robin Williams died? Uh, I don't. I think I was on a ferry. <laughs> oh no! It doesn't even matter the type of transportation. Uh, someone's going down. Watch your watch yourself, Steve Martin. Um, oh, no. I know, right? This is. Oh, I'm just gonna. I'm, stop. I'm gonna stop driving. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, you, you, uh, Chris is gonna turn into Howard Hughes, and yeah. he's just gonna have like jars of his piss and just you know like long fingernails in his house. He can't leave. People are like, why are you doing that? Because if I do, a celebrity will die. For the sake of the entertainment industry, we need to put you yeah. on carbonite. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it frees you up. You'll no longer the move. Sake, the sake of Hollywood. Yeah, you'll not. You'll not drive. You'll not walk. Yeah. 
Uh, can I Uber? No, you cannot Uber. <laughs> no, because it's like a, the less involved you are in the transportation, the lower on the scale the celebrity. Yeah. So, like, all of a sudden, uh, the host of Survivor dies, and you're like, Chris, were you riding a skateboard? You know, like. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I, I took a ride around town, the bike. Yeah. No, no biking. No biking, yeah. But, uh, well, well, let's go back. Let's start off the first thing because we skipped a little bit. But let's start. The first question we ask everyone uh, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Mel Brooks? Oh, man. Uh, immediately just uh, space balls. That's the first thought, space balls? Space balls, yeah, absolutely. That's the first I ever saw of Mel Brooks as a kid. I didn't know what funny was. And this Fair was enough. like the first recollection I had of just some a movie that I saw over and over and I laughed about it and and space balls. Space balls would be it. That's the first thing. That, yeah, and I the best part is I hadn't even seen Star Wars. I didn't know yeah. what the fuck I was yeah. laughing about. You're like, well, this is a reference to something. <laughs> oh my god, those movies must be terrible. Mike Lawrence says that people are like, "Oh, Mike Lawrence, you're a huge nerd, so you love Star Wars." And he's like, "No, I saw Spaceballs first, so I just thought yeah. Star Wars was unfunny Spaceballs, yeah. unfunny Spaceballs." Which I get it. I'm a little older than Chris is, just for the record. So it's like, um, I, I, the, the first thing, I, I loved Spaceballs because it was. I just thought it was like Star Wars, this like a sequel, like part of the trilogy to me. Because when it came out, it was just part of the like deal. It was part of the expanded <laughs> like it just, told, just a it was, few years after Jedi. <laughs> it was like alternate universe Star Wars. That's all I thought it was. I mean, I, I, and uh, I was just like, yeah, Dark Hill, because it was in the current, like f- currently in my mind. It wasn't that Star Wars was a past thing because um, you know Jedi came out in '83, and then Star Wars. I mean, Spaceballs came out eighty couple years later. Yeah, yeah. like '85, maybe yeah, something like that. Um, so for me, it was just like, yeah, that's the next Star Wars movie. <laughs> like when they, like when they came out with episode seven i'm like you did it already it was <laughs> well but, it was so real that uh Bro- brooks asked lucas if he could make the movie yeah if he'd be cool with it and george lucas like yeah but just don't have action figures yeah that was it he was literally like, oh, really? yeah, he was like the- he was gonna let him use the millennium falcon he was gonna let him use yeah. all of that shit he was gonna let him use the sound effects he was gonna let him use any property because he couldn't make toys he couldn't get into the merchandising side of Spaceballs, oh. um, which is the whole the whole joke in the movie with merchandising, yeah. merchandising. Spaceballs, the, the flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, Spaceballs, the toilet paper where the real money's made. <laughs> it was totally, that's all because Lucas told them. Hey, yeah, and it was a shot at Lucas, kind of also, uh, where like that's where the money. And and to be fair, he's right. Like if you watch the prequels, there was literally just a bunch of shit in there to make more toys, oh, like yeah. the droids and all that shit. Like it was all toy shit. Oh, really? It's the same droid, but with a different color on his shoulder, so you have to buy another action figure? No, it was like the, they had the pilot yeah, droid. Like, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> I, I got real Mike wrong. was about I was to just your freak point. out. I was about to have a Star <laughs> Wars freak call. out. Sarcasm. <laughs> I, hadn't ha- I haven't had a Star Wars freak out in a minute, so it's been brewing. It's been brewing. <laughs> you were pushing back your imaginary glasses. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hair on the back of my neck is standing up. I was thinking about Spaceballs uh, a couple days ago, and... I wasn't allowed as a kid to watch The Simpsons because it was too vile of a TV show. Yeah, they said ass or whatever. But like, I saw Spaceballs twenty times. That it's always weird to hear like what parents choose as yeah. the where the line is. You know what I mean? Like where you oh you can't watch that show. That show's bad. But you can watch like a sci-fi thing where people get stabbed and di- you know shot and yeah. blown up and they kill like you know a bunch of people. I don't um, know, man. Like it's I don't a, know. I don't know. My grandmother bought me Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, so I can't even. Yeah, your family. Your family is yeah. just like. Well, you're, for 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 all intents and purposes, your family 
your your grandmother doesn't speak English. Yeah, she's like, Grand so Theft Auto? She, she's just like, yeah, whatever. The this car is, game. The car. You're going to learn how it's to a, drive car. It's a video game. It must be for kids. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're like picking up a hooker, and then when she gets out, running her over and getting your money back. Like, Whereas my, like, my mom was like, oh, you can't listen to Andrew Dice Clay. Why don't you listen to something wholesome? Put on this Cosby album. Yeah, he's yeah. he's harmless. <laughs> uh, nah, man. Yeah, but it's funny. We were talking about, because also one of the reasons why you're in town is that, yes, last night, we got to go see the live screen, uh, a screening of Blazing Saddles in Radio City Music Hall, and then a live Q&A with Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. And it was, so Blazing Saddles is one of my, is, might be one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, it's, you know, it's hard to pick a favorite, you know, especially when you love movies and stuff like that. It's hard to pick. It's top. It's Mount Rushmore. Yeah, a yeah. Mount Rushmore of movies. It could be the funniest movie ever made. It literally, say. we were talking. So we sat, so we were in the crowd right back. We were in the crowd full of like older, a lot of Jewish people. Oh yeah, of course. a lot of Jewish people. Uh, white, course, you know, and, so. but like older crowd, like because at Radio City at Radio City. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Uh, it's just the whole room filled of people going, "Is it cold in here? Do you feel a draft on the back of your neck?" Bro, the guy sitting next to me was this old man <laughs> oh, who yeah. had he he had the and not not to disparage him. I'm I'm not sure what his what his situation is, but he had old man breath that you could smell, like he nice. created a force field of breath around uh, his head. You know what I'm talking about? Were you sitting next to the 2,000-year-old man? <laughs> I, I might. I, his breath was definitely over 1,000. It was pretty bad. <laughs> but, um, oh, and that was the whole Q&A thing. We, there was a chance that I could have gotten to ask, to interview <sighs> Mel Brooks for a little bit. And and there was a possibility. I was like, oh, my God, that would have been amazing. like a life-changing experience. And Chris and I have done it in the past where we'll just start doing the 2,000-year-old man bit like, uh, like we'll just start. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, I remember oh, yeah, when we were yeah, like on the phone. We we'll just start doing it. Oh yeah, just ask him something. Uh, yeah, something we're gonna do it later. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do it later. Uh, but then he goes. But uh, so I wanted to like f- figure out a way. How can I start playing the two thousand year old man with Mel Brooks? Like if yeah. there would have been a live Q and A set because I, I knew I couldn't interview him. So I was like, if I get to ask one, you know, like in a Comic Con or whatever, like yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the panels yeah. they have Q and As. I thought it was gonna be like that, and then it would have been cool. I would have just. Chris was like, "You should just start doing the thing with him." Yeah, just do the two thousand year old man. Just don't even ask him. Yeah, just like I would have, like just be Carl Reiner. Yeah, just be Carl Reiner, and it, like <laughs> don't even address him. Just be like, "Sir, thank you for being here." So you're about two thousand fifty years old now. So, uh, you, you were around in cowboy times. How was that about? Because we, you know, we just watched. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. trying to like just start him into it, and we were. I was, and I think he would have gone for it. I man. totally think Mel Brooks. Gone for it. Oh, he I, that guy didn't sit down the entire night. It was insane. That guy. Is the he so you think of him as this writer, director, producer, musician, you know, singer? Like he, he all of the music that he's created, he's he's literally one of these like all-purpose entertainers. He, he he covers all the bases. He on stage live was nonstop. Yeah, he was the guy asking him questions. He would he would just he there was two chairs. They sh- they didn't even need the second chair. I, at one point, I I look at, I texted Chris like because we were sitting next to each other. I was like, he should just kick that chair over just and be like, it fuck over, your man. chair. You know what I mean? Like, fuck your chair. He's I think, 90. I, I think he sat Plus. down for a total, like, if it were a soccer match, like, time of possession. Yeah. Was, like, time of Mel Brooks sitting in the chair. Seconds. Like, second. It wouldn't even get to a minute. Yeah. Uh, he would just sit down and be like, oh, thanks for that question. Back to the front of the stage. And he would just walk back down out and he'd be like, center. fuck this guy. And then just start telling stories, which, I mean, he's been around forever and he's still sharp as a tack. Yeah. And he, 
he he's telling stories about like Sid Caesar hanging him out a window. Yeah. <laughs> he's telling stories about like you know when he was doing shows in the in the in the Catskills or in the the Borscht Belt. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know all the Jewish uh, communities up there, and and like think about how many stories that guy has. Like fucking oh, crazy. Yeah. What's your I mean, uh, Will? What's your favorite Mel Brooks movie? Oh man, uh, is it Spaceballs? Or is that I, I is that's the kid version of you's favorite mer- favorite the, I don't know. I think I would say this is that Blazing Saddles might be the funniest movie ever made, but I might argue to say that Young Frankenstein might be the best movie ever made as far as like a whole storytelling of it. Fair. Man, how fucking Young Frankenstein was great, man. Young Frankenstein and so you so Although but my favorite joke of all time is from Blazing Saddles when the when he's riding up and they're ringing the bell and the sheriff is oh the sheriff's near yeah. the sheriff's near man the that sheriff's is the greatest near. bits of all time no that the sheriff's the sheriff's a ding 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 ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, nobody moves <laughs> he gets it yeah yeah <laughs> somebody help it can we spoiler alert us possibly quoting blazing blazing saddles uh-huh. using Using the N word, using you know like <laughs> F word, like referring to like the way because there's gay. That's one of the things that we noticed because we're sitting in this audience, right? So we had to get seats that weren't exactly right next to each other, mm-hmm. uh, but we were like close enough. So you had different people around you yeah. than you than I did. I had the the two thousand year old man, and then like his mm-hmm. his grandson or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And oh, then yeah. and then when the movie starts, literally that first scene, the first scene where it's like, why are you singing? Why aren't you singing songs or whatever? And then uh, Cleveland Little starts singing like I Cole get a kid. Yeah. yeah, he starts singing Cole Porter. Cocaine. You know, <laughs> and then they're like, no, like, uh, you know, and then so the, and then the white guys start singing, but they drop the N bomb within like the first 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Like the it's it's harsh. Like it's literally everyone in the audience, at least around me in that moment was like, oh, crap, this is that's right. Like they just rem- they suddenly remembered all of the like how many times is it they're about to say yeah. the N word in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Did that react around you like the same way? Uh, yeah. Did yeah, anybody I flinch? I was sitting between uh, two Jewish women. Uh, Get out of town. Yeah. yeah. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, and they just, uh, they almost like just clutched in their seats. Like you could feel second, assholes puckering. Time. Yeah, like thank God. Uh, and even the first, I think the first really big laugh. I mean, I, when they start singing the song, everyone starts clapping. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so brilliant and it's so funny. They were clapping out of pure brilliance. That's such a br- brilliant writing. But then the first big laugh was when Slim Pickens comes out. Slim Pickens, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and says, <laughs> uh, you guys are all... No, no, no. The best, the best, my favorite line in, in, that I still use is not, does not have the N-word in it. Or, but it's like... Um, what in the wide, wide world of sports is go, going exactly. on here? Yeah, exactly. And that was the first just huge laugh. That, yeah. Laughter erupting everywhere. And then, <laughs> but then he comes out, and one and of the, us is going to have to say it. The follow up line was just totally homophobic. Yeah. And just, why y'all, why y'all dancing around like a bunch of. You don't of, have to say it if you want. Like, yeah, a bunch of kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll say it. <laughs> but, like, he, but the thing is, so as this, because this movie. Is that uh, afterwards they were talking about this movie is forty plus years old. Yeah, this movie's over forty years old. We, the sheer volume of how balanced, it, like the sheer volume, was astounding. But the fact that it was literally balanced in that Cleveland Little was never would never get a it would never get a rise out of him. He would never get mad at it. Yeah, he yeah. was always better than. And yeah. then the bad guys were the ones saying the bad things. Yeah. So it was literally like the 
like that whole theory of if it's more funny than it is offensive, it's funny only. Like you know it's the, not offensive. The I'll say the line is dancing around like a bunch of Kansas City faggots. Yeah. What's great about that is like, what does Kansas City have to do with anything? Like old timey, like they're like, yeah, that's where all the faggots are. You know, like, <laughs> like that's what? like, why is that the thing? But also, it, it, like immediately disarmed everybody because they're like, well, we that's signed it. up for that. We're, we got, here. we're, we're here. here. And then as you watch, as I, my personal experience was, I had, and, I, and I love this movie. I've seen it a million times. And watching it on the big screen, we were like with everybody around it you. It was, I mean, it was so life-changing. It was the kind of thing where you, it's, it was like watching a great symphony wow, before yeah. your very eyes. Yeah. Because after every big joke, after every great, brilliantly written scene, it was just applause and cheering yeah. and applause. I mean... I mean, you'd you'd think again. You'd you'd think you were hearing, you know, the New York Philharmonic yeah. playing the most difficult piece in you know modern history. But it was just, it was a movie. Like Gene Wilder came on the screen and people were applauding because yeah, yeah it was yeah, Gene Wilder. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then literally, at a certain point, you just forget, and you're just applaud. Yeah, like everyone's just the laugh. Yeah. Is the, the laughs were so big and so powerful? Yeah, and- like they just hit so like the jokes still hit yeah. I just, so fucking hard. I just hard. can't think of any movie that I've, or many movies that in 40 years from now would fucking just play at Radio City, at Music, Radio Hall. City Music Hall. To a full people, house. To a full house. Yeah. People are willing to pay this absurd amount of money uh, to go watch, a movie, a, to watch a movie. Yeah. I own the movie in yeah. every yeah. format. And well, also, Mel Brooks is going to come out. With at Mel the Brooks, end that's true. Talk. That's yeah. true. But, so that's a whole different thing. But 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 yeah, sure. I just can't think of any movie where people would just be clapping. Like my favorite movie, my Titanic. You know, of comedies was had, was like super bad. Like I just a movie I just went and watched a bunch of times. Yeah, I can't. The theater, yeah. I can't imagine going in like forty years from now and and clapping after they say McLovin or some shit. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny. Like I I don't think it's a brilliantly written movie i get i just laughed really yeah. hard at like it. like the funny thing about my back is that it's located oh on my, my cock. cock i can't imagine <laughs> ah! Ah! that changed the way movies were made <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great about blazing saddles though is as a kid i didn't necessarily understand the jokes yeah but it's almost kind of like music where it's the rhythm of it made me laugh there's nothing more, yeah he's he's the king mel brooks is like, the king of that like uh the scene in the jail cell when he's talking to the wago kid and he goes What's your pleasure? What do you like to do? Dr- uh, play chess? Yeah. Screw? Let's play chess. Let's yeah. play chess. Let's play chess. That is a great rhythm of, mm-hmm. oh, I know that's supposed to be funny. Or mm-hmm. when he's like, uh, he pulls uh, he pulls Cleveland Little out, and, you know, when they're, one of the, all the bad guys are lining up. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, where are the white women at? Where yeah. are the white women at? I didn't understand the racial complexity yeah. of what he just said but it's like oh that's funny and yeah. and to be fair like i was telling chris there were some jokes that i just noticed that time watching it through yeah yeah like there was like it was just a weird thing to see it on such a big screen and to have like that moment of rapt attention because i watch it now and it's just like on yeah yeah well you but know, to see it in the theater like that what, what i noticed about it was that it was almost like it almost had the rhythm and timing of a live show but done on on a movie like it was yeah. just filmed because all the pauses all the rhythms all the beats came perfectly where when when they knew there was going to be a big laugh it's almost like there was a two or three second pause immediately right after four or five seconds almost like as they if knew. it were alive yeah. Per- yeah like he knew yeah. 
this was going to hit. Really or the writers knew it was going to hit. Yeah. You know, they just knew it. I well, think that might harken back to when uh, Mel Brooks, uh, when he started out, he was a drummer. He, like, he did music and stuff. Yeah. He, was talk- he talked about that also, like telling stories about he was like an okay drummer and he would work in, in for different places or whatever. And then there was comedians and they were all named Jackie for some reason. Like, all <laughs> like oh. uh, and uh, but then he would. So then he just started doing that also. But having the musical background that he does is a proof like we were watching today we watched uh history of the world part one oh, yeah. and uh like before, you know like we were just hanging out here and uh the whole dance the whole musical number of the spanish inquisition is one of the best things i've ever <laughs> seen in my life yeah. in my, first of all the Torquemada. topic hey Torquemada, what do you say <laughs> but literally at a certain point he's like that we're not getting anything done. Send in the nuns. And then they have like this whole Ethel Merman swimming thing. Yeah, yeah. And they have like Jewish guys in the water. They're making fun of the span of the Catholic Church drowning Jewish people. <laughs> That's part of this joke. And you're just like, this is hilarious. You know, like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. making these giant comments, like these sweeping comments. Like Richard Pryor wrote, you know, uh uh he wrote with he wrote Blazing Saddles or that version of Blazing Saddles with Mel Brooks. It was Richard Pryor. So that's where all of the realness comes from. Well, here's the thing about that, though. Richard Pryor was one of the writers, but Richard Pryor stayed away from a lot of the racial tension and went straight for Mongo. Richard Pryor, he wrote all of the Mongo Richard things? Pryor, like, focused on Mongo as his main goal is, like, what he wanted to contribute to Blazing Saddles. So all this other racial stuff came from Mel Brooks. Well, but it... And but, the other writers, you know. Right, right, but also, but he did have a... Like, yes, he focused on Mongo, but he did have a lot of the, like, a lot of the jokes and a lot of stuff... I guarantee you was collaborative because yeah. everything that Mel Brooks worked on with other people, you would see it would be a little different. So like even when like fucking Robin Hood and Men in Tights came out and he's working well, like, like he writes specifically for people. So like when he wrote, you know, uh, in the producers he wrote for specifically for Gene Wilder. Mm-hmm. And then so it's very clear that he's working, but then he's also like he works with the same people over and over again. So I'm sure having Richard Pryor there made a lot of these jokes that are real anyway yeah. validated in a certain way. Like yeah. they would just, you know, go to him and actually that whole line of the it's he said there's one joke that he didn't include in the in the movie. And that was when Lily von Stupp, which also as a kid I had no idea what Stupp meant. Stupp, yeah, yeah. And uh where she the lights go off and she's like is it true what they say about you guys? And then she's it's like true. it's true, it's true. <laughs> but at a certain point she like so Mel Brooks is telling this joke. He also st- told us not to say it outside of Radio City Music Hall. I mean, he's also said it in a bunch of different <laughs> interviews. Yeah, literally, he's and like, he said I, it on a YouTube video. So yeah, like, yeah. Who knows he's like, what don't this say guy really it. Means. Yeah, he's like, don't say it outside. Here, it'll be between us in front of all of Radio City Music Hall. Uh, that uh, that one of the jokes was um, that, and this is Mel Brooks acting out the sound of a blowjob, like, <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, oh, baby, I'm sorry to say this. To disillusion you. To disillusion you. Uh, but you're sucking on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's, that was like where she, she was like, oh, my God. But that was like the joke that he left out. And I think that was like a, that was a Richard Pryor thing. Because he's mentioned in the past before that, that there was that was like one of the only things he cut out. I would imagine uh, Richard Pryor, like, uh, like we were talking about it before, about the, I bet they're not going to credit me for that either, about the singing telegram. Yeah. That, that was sounds the joke I just straight cut. up like a Richard Pryor joke. Yeah, like the, the injustices to the black men. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of that. Like, well, because at a certain point, like the the government, the all the whole thing about the government being corrupt and like you know all all these things, like these these are very like real statements. But 
it, like you can't make that movie now. The no, same no. way this if you can, you cannot we were talking about it like that was the first thing that the the interviewer guy said afterwards. Right? He was like a Oh yeah, could you make that movie now? Like you know, it's the, I don't I don't see it I don't see it happening. The closest I've seen and again, the movie's nowhere near as funny and I don't think it'll have that it it will never have that kind of impact, but like the interview? I mean, they did it to Kim Jong Yeah. But but just not at the same level. Never well, at the same level that Mel Brooks did. No, and then also the stuff with like the the language being used is what I'm talking about. Oh like, yeah. yeah. Like that many N bombs in, in any movie that's yeah. that's outside of a Tarantino verse. Yeah, outside yeah. of a Tarantino verse. Because even then, like the because the way it was used was like direct, like they used the word or derogatory. Like, yeah, yeah, it was like it wasn't. It like, wasn't like when you're watching like Boys in the Hood or yeah. a movie where you would assume there. It would was be a lot straight of that. up like when when she's like when he's like, isn't it a lovely morning? And she's like, up yours, you know, flat out like yeah, aggre- But it, it was like a, it was really weird in the sense of watching it in, with this group of people, not a lot of which were black. Yeah, yeah. But at a certain point, you could like no, like it just became part of the con- like part of the deal. Yeah, and it. You saw that it was across the board done in a way that I don't know anyone that's offended by Blazing Saddles. I don't. I can't name one person that. I almost feel like it's a. It's one of those movies where if a white person watches it, it's like, oh, that's how black people see everything. Really? Like, no, I would say it's like uh, because like Cleveland Little plays the everyman, like you always need in a right, in right, a movie, yeah. but he's the every black man where like. He's the strongest character in that movie, but yep. he's black, which at the time was re- remarkable. You couldn't do that. He, nobody could be a black leading man aside from Sidney Poitier. Right. And even in that, there was always some white guy to balance him out, whether it be Carol O'Connor, whoever it is, you know. Yeah. And then I, I love the I also love that after Blazing Saddles, Gene Wilder then went and did like four or five movies with Richard Pryor. You know, oh, like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. like they were just te- like I, I just imagine them as buddies. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that to me, that to me brings like joy to my like bringing racial Zeno tension. Evil. Yeah, just, you know, those are great. stir crazy. Those are fucking like solid movies. But it was like a really good, especially like, um, like the jokes in there are. Uh, that's why I say like I think Richard Pryor may have a, had more hand in than you think because a lot of the jokes back and forth between Cleavon and and Gene and Gene Wilder, you could see, you could see it come up later. They wanted Richard Pryor to play Cleavon Little. Yeah. But the studio didn't want him because he was so offensive. They what? They couldn't get him insured. That's what, Mel That's what it was, right? That's what Mel said. Yeah, he'd been arrested for drugs yeah, and things right. like yeah, that. Yeah. He was like the Robert Downey Jr. of his time. Yeah, yeah and then much. and then they were like, okay, so they find this other guy, and it was funny. What like uh, Mel Brooks at the interview yesterday he was like, uh, he's like, I talked to Richard Rich. He calls him Richie Pryor. And he's like, I talked to Richie afterwards, and he's like, look, I'm pretty light, and I got a mustache. I could pass for Cuban. Uh, is like Cleveland Little. He's he's what is he, he's gonna scare the shit out of these he white goes, folks. He goes, oh, he's dark. He goes, he's real dark. He's gonna scare the shit out of these white folks. And, I, and, and, and like it was almost like, all right, you don't think he can? We're gonna get somebody even blacker, you know? You know, yeah. in, in retrospect though, I actually can't see Richard Pryor in that role. No, not at, at all. all. Especially since like Cleveland Little played at like old school like gunslinger like High Noon. And he was a Broadway guy, apparently. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know that like about a stage actor. He was a stage actor, so he was playing like a lot of this like smooth, suave. Yeah. things and but also like I, like you could see that also one thing i noticed and this is across the board mill brooks this isn't just about blazing saddles it just happened to be that that's what they showed last night that's what the last night show was about but they across the board be, be, the style of movie making when mill brooks started was long takes like we were watching today and there was something that we're like yo this is one 
long ass take. And that yeah. was in uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Which was in Ooh. the 90s. Which, again, not his best work, <laughs> but it still has some funny fucking moments, man. Some sure. really funny moments. We, we were watching it. There was just like, uh, like laugh out loud shit with Leslie Nielsen yeah. and, and Mel Brooks in scenes together, you know, talking shit and stuff like that. There was a lot of good in it. He plays Van Helsing in that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But but there was one. It was literally like with effects, like the blood spraying on him, the hammer thing, him standing back, yeah. and it was the static camera. Like a minute and a half. It was like like a two minute scene, all all one one shot. You know what's funny? I was listening to uh, Mel Brooks in an interview one time, and he was talking about how Sid Caesar, when he wrote on Sid Caesar's uh, show of shows, mm-hmm. each skit was like seven minutes long. Right. Which, if you watch Saturday Night Live, it's like three minutes long. That's a fucking long skit. It's a long skit. time, yeah. And I think that might have been a contributing factor to that. And also he was talking about, like uh, Mel Brooks was talking about how in Sid Caesar's show of shows, every skit had a beginning, middle, and end. Like yeah. it was a mini play, mm-hmm. each one. Whereas Saturday Night Live is just, here's this crazy character and we're done with the skit. Premise. And yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laugh at this premise. And he was saying that out of Sid Caesar's show of shows, you know, nowadays you have a sketch show, they go on to be producers of other TV shows, whatever it is. But he said back then it was like him, Neil Simon, Neil Simon yeah, uh, Woody, like, Allen? Woody Allen, Woody Allen, a couple other like legit playwrights were in that <laughs> Tony Award-winning playwrights that yeah. they would eventually become, and I think that's why it goes for that long take where it's like they're not just writing a movie; they're writing a play that's being a movie right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the producers was originally, um, I think he had it as a as a as a play and then he and then they said no no there's too much uh there's too much dialogue for it or something like that and yeah there was something that or also the like was, yeah. um the way that the 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 so show was, was structured yeah, and then he said there's too many there's too many scenes uh it's got to be it's got to be a movie yeah. yeah there was too many locations or something oh, location. like that Three locations yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. for and a it, show for a... and that's how it turned into a movie yeah yeah when, be stupid be a schmatty come and join the nazi party <laughs> Well, well yeah. you were talking, and it was originally called Springtime for Hitler. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, but like, that's yeah, they're not going to fund that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even then, like that's a, that's the one of the things I noticed a lot. Of, Blazing Saddles like the the like the perfect storm of all of these things because uh, even at like because like, at the end they go and they 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 break into the it gets super meta. Yeah, Mel Brooks loves breaking the fact that 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 he's making movies that he's in hollywood yeah because every movie breaks the fourth wall every movie breaks the fu- is meta as fuck like we were like even watching um uh, men in tights when the camera crashes through the window yeah, yeah. in in term in history of the world part one when all of a sudden at the end josephus shows up again you know gregory hines shows up again and they're like wow how does this doesn't make any sense like how'd you get here from ancient rome and he's like it's like that's the magic of the movies baby and that was it that that's was it. that's it that's I the only when, uh, need for Spaceballs. They're having the big finale at the end, the fight scene. Yeah. He, he ends up killing a, a a sound guy. That's right. And he's like, he did it. What? Yeah. <laughs> or or the, my favorite scene in Spaceballs when they're like, uh, let's watch the tape oh, of yeah, Spaceballs. The tape, yeah. And they're yeah. like, when is this happening in the movie? And it's like, now. When will now be then? Soon. Soon. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, or all the, well, all the camera angles that he plays with, like showing you that it's a movie or making fun of like the. The, like off camera, you see the offset, yeah, yeah. the directorial like decisions that people made, like uh, when they bump into Rick Moranis's face when he's wearing the helmet, yeah. and he yeah. falls back, and then when he does the same thing in uh, High Anxiety, like they they're zooming into the dinner table through the glass door, yep. and they shatter the glass door exactly. on purpose, yeah. 
you know. Or, or in High Anxiety when they're showing like the dramatics orchestra music and then a bus pulls up and it's all of the symphony yeah. people playing their <laughs> instruments and the bus drives by. Yeah, it's just like he takes you to this brilliant spot. I, I, like Joan, Joan Rivers said something about it. Like he'll take you to this, this brilliant scene and now right at the last minute he just turns and just makes it something so stupid and yeah. great. Or uh, I like uh, there's a, a a young comedian named Dave Chappelle was in Robin Hood Men in Sights. That's right. And at the end they go uh, they you know get rid of the sheriff from Nottingham and they go who's gonna be the new sheriff? Well, I worked at Blazing Saddles. Or, eh? Yeah, Blazing a black, black sheriff. sheriff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I'm telling you, but that's one of those things. Like even now, that's still people fail doing that. Every one of his movies does that, and like there's so much good. Like it's every time he does it, it's hilarious. Like, there's people that try to be meta and all these things. Like, that's a new, like, it, it yeah, always yeah. feels like a new comedy thing that, yeah. oh, yeah, let's yeah. be referential. But, like, even in Robin Hood Men and Tights, when he goes, and unlike other Robin Hoods, I have an English accent. Yeah. I have an English accent. I can speak with him. And it's like, oh, right, right, because it, it exists outside of this world. So immediately you're almost pulled more in. Yeah. To it. Yeah. It's brilliant filmmaking. I mean, it's like brilliant writing in terms of like getting people involved in, in, Aside from the subject matter, you know what I mean. Aside from like a, addressing, like the the in the set in 1974, the racial tensions of the day. Yeah, like yeah. We, you, you were saying that like Martin Luther King had just oh, been shot. I was shot. just saying. I mean, like it wasn't even ten years since Martin Luther King oh, had yeah. been killed. Malcolm X, the Civil Rights Movement. Not even ten years had passed. I go, you know, think of major historical events and ask yourself: within ten years, was a movie that edgy made yeah. about? You know that like subject matter, yeah. whether it was you know, I mean, who the, knows? I think whatever. the closest you could say is like Team America, World Police. Yeah, yes, and which was which was awesome, amazing. Yeah, yeah. they're they're I think like that's the a Mel spiritual Brooks, I think. successor to Mel Brooks style movies. I do, I think so too. Like, it, it, the, yeah, the fact that it was puppets and stuff like that. But in terms of this, like. <laughs> I'll give him the signal. What's the signal? And then he does yeah, like the, yeah. the flailing. It's just weird. Bizarre. It's just weird, bizarre, but also like incredibly like taken incredibly seriously in terms of that that movie they were like we're going balls out yeah jokes you know one and also i mean there again another destruction of like a dictator kind of thing you know we're just gonna make kim jong-il just seem like a really lonely really nasty gruesome you know that that's exactly like mel brooks style because uh people always ask why do you make fun of hitler so much and he goes because that's how you take the power away from him yeah we were just talking about that yeah, where he like, says don't stand on a soapbox with a dictator because you gotta you gotta be able to laugh at them and then you just you, you, you point them. how cra- if you point out how something create is is laughable yeah it has no power you know what i mean take like it's the power so- away from hitler take the power away from racism take the power whatever yeah. in team america take the power away from this the uh, terrorists over now, I would even say that would be the thing they were taking power. I think they were taking power away from well, also this, this American yeah, over, bravado, over yeah, patriotism. Yeah. Yes, you this, know? the nationalism of 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 like we're better than we're gonna world police. Just in the title alone, world police. Yeah, yeah. Team America, world police. I love that movie, Team America, World Police, because it made fun of both the conservative people who are like america's the greatest as well as yeah way to go fag yeah 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 <laughs> the film actors guild right the fi- <laughs> matt demon i read an article that said matt damon was still pissed off about his portrayal uh i, I heard I, he wasn't too mad about i heard it. that I, he, know, I heard that he was mad when they told him he couldn't be in the movie they were yeah. just gonna really make, well because he was gonna do it he was oh, totally gonna man. do it but then they were just like they got the they got the puppet back and it looked 
so messed up that they were like, wouldn't it be funny? It's just because they were. That's that's <laughs> what they said. That they the were just going. they were just had the puppet and they were just going Matt Damon. Matt. Like, wouldn't it be funny if just Matt Damon? It just said Matt Damon the whole time, <laughs> Matt and they're like Damon, and they're like, oh well, I guess that's in the movie, and they're yeah. like, sorry, Matt Damon, you can't, you can't. They Jimmy Kimmel Matt Damon. That's great. <laughs> Where, great. like, apologies to Matt Damon. That is a, that's a great modern comparison. That is a good uh, one. Yeah. Know. Honestly, like, it's, it, it's, like, all that shit's still going on, all the Middle East problems and all that stuff. All of the Trump, look, like, all, look at all the Trump shit going on. Like, they should just show that team, they should just show Team America World Police to the Trump supporters, but then, like, as an example, like, hey, you guys are being crazy. Like, this is, uh, and they're, but they're not, they won't understand satire. Yeah, yeah. They won't understand this, the, the level of sarcasm. So they're like, yeah, we should be the world police. Yeah, we should do that. Trump should start a world police. You know what I think might be the biggest Mel Brooks moment of Team America World Police is when, uh, remember the, uh, the computer system was called Intelligence? Intelligence. Yeah. And they go, that was bad intelligence. Bad intelligence, yeah. and it's that may be the most Mel Brooksian part of that movie. Kinda, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Do you, do, uh, Chris? Do you? What was the? It's hard, man. It's hard to do this with you because we've talked about all of the, like we've never not had conversations where, <laughs> you know what I mean? I've talked yeah. to all of you. I've talked about all this with you before. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but let's. What but feel is, free to ask. Feel free to ask. again. Again, what is the? If you were to say you're in a Mel Brooks movie, like you have your choice of making a Mel Brooks movie. Making one or being in one? Well, being in one. Let's start with that. Oh, oh, wow. Like which who which character would you play? Man. Well, I mean, I couldn't be Cleveland Little. Huh? I couldn't be Cleveland Little. For, we will grant you the powers to be black for this one movie. <laughs> Not that, blackface. You just are black. Not I was like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know if I should but, do that. Oh. You know, and it's funny, like, well, answer the question. I don't know oh, man. I mean, I would say, like, do you mean if I could take credit for one of the characters or if I could try to portray Because I'll say this. I think the greatest character probably in any Mel Brooks movie is uh, is Gene Wilder and Young Frankenstein. Yeah, man. I think that's probably just hands down it, you know. He's, he's like the best. He's never, like, he's he's... The driving force of that whole movie. Well, because he's he's the one actually that brought the idea to Mel Brooks. Yeah. yeah, he's the one that was like, "Hey, I have an idea," and he said, "That's a great idea," and you know, I think that's why I think that was like Gene's passion project. Yeah. So for sure, yeah, that does um, come up. Yeah, I'd probably. I You'd think that's be young whoa, Frank, you whoa, whoa, whoa. Be... I think that's the most awesome. Actually, no. I think even <laughs> See, though so that's the most awesome role, like in any Mel Brooks movie, like. That is it, yeah. in my opinion. But I think being Harvey Corman, yeah, being yeah. Hedley Lamar yes. in Blazing Saddles, I mean, almost being him in any movie, even when he was in High yeah. Anxiety, just like, hey, what's the case of patient recovery? Oh, the case of patient recovery. Uh, let me take a look at that for you. And he just he just bangs on a calculator and goes, uh, once in a blue moon. Like, what an asshole. Yeah, like, yeah. What, a, what a great oh, role. You, so you want to play the heel? Oh yeah, you want to be the bad oh, guy. Oh yeah, I mean Headley's great, man. Headley's great. He's even great uh, in History of the World. That we're watching it today. Uh, Count yeah, De Monet. Yeah. Like, Count De Monet. I would just want to be that guy <laughs> in every Mel Brooks movie. Just, I just want to be him yeah. across the board. But Headley Lamar would probably be it. Just, just hitting on Lily and getting rejected. He had like a part in every aspect of it. Yeah, in every aspect of Blazing Saddles, like almost. Every through line, he was part of it. He did, yeah, yeah. With the governor, Le Petamain. With the governor, with the... 
um, Madeline Kahn's character, with yeah, everything. Yeah. Like he he had a hand in every single aspect of it, with Mongo, with everything. When he goes and he's there, they have a line of uh, of bad guys uh, <laughs> signing up to be part of their their villain army. Oh my god! And he's like, and he's like. <laughs> Well, and what and what, what and references? He's like stampede and cattle. He's like that's not too bad. He's like through the Vatican. Ooh, kinky. kinky. <laughs> and when he just tells the guy, he's like, "What's in your mouth? Are you chewing gum? Yeah. I hope you brought enough for everyone. Just shoots a he guy. Shoots for a guy not for chewing gum. gum. I mean, <laughs> that, that is, is the, actually, actually that that is a great character. Yeah, what a so good character. It's that's the, that's the weird the great thing about Mel Brooks movies is like. You could really base a whole movie out of any of those characters, oh, right? Igor from Young Frankenstein. Oh I would love How an Igor prequel. How fucking nuanced is that character? Yeah, I, I would. <laughs> he did. He told the story about that scene where they're shooting him talking about uh, where he's like, "What was it going on at the dinner scene?" Um, that there was a uh, some argument going on. Oh yeah, some kind of argument. He goes, "Oh, that reminds me of." Uh, that reminds me. Of, I'll never forget in times like these. I'll never forget what my father used to say. He and said, then he just waited. He like says he just, that Marty just paused forever. He like held it, and meanwhile the camera's like waiting to move. Like everyone's just sitting there, and he, they're just like leaning in. And it's like, what was the thing? The he's, I can't remember. That well, what he actually that, says that, in Young Frankenstein what was it? He's like, uh, "Get out of the bathroom." Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, get out of the bathroom. You take it too long. Take it too yeah. long or some shit. And it was like, <laughs> but, but it the, was like this thirty second pause. The just pause to, is enough. Just to hit that. Because I just imagine. <laughs> Like I've been on set before when someone has to like do something and they don't give them thirty seconds to figure it out. They don't let them work. They yeah. like it's got cr- it's a machine. You got to crank it out. So to have like that power, all of a sudden he's just like everyone in this room is quiet and watching me, waiting for me <laughs> to say the next thing. Yeah. Well, which is one thing that's awesome that um, Madeline Kahn talked a lot about about Mel Brooks. She's like, oh man, he just let me be so funny. Yeah. He let me be so funny. He was yeah. the kind of person that. You know, he wasn't, he didn't, he didn't bitch at you. You know, he just kind of just kept encouraging you and just kept asking, how can I help you get to where I want you to be? Like, how right, can I right. help you get, you're going to get to where I want it, but how do I help yeah. you get? Like, there? you can't, like, that's, that's a good, like, a thing for directors. Like you, it's harder to beat them into the position you want them to be in than to encourage them to go on their own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially in comedy, like, as people are doing comedy, it's so sensitive. I was in love, I man, I was in love with Madeline Kahn. Yeah. Love. She's arguably the one of the funniest female com- actors. Take period, more female period. out of there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even then. One but of I was just funniest ma- actors yeah. of all time. But making a, the point of like every one of his movies also has positive female roles yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. All of them and comedics. Even like Cloris Leachman, who <sighs> is in Frau Bluchar. Frau Bluchar. <laughs> <laughs> and when she and when she plays Nurse Cratchit, what is it? The Nurse Cratchit. Nurse Cratchit uh, in High Anxiety. Yeah, she's, she's a dominatrix. Point, she's a dominatrix. She's she beating the shit out of Harvey Corman. Like when well, she says, she said that when she uh, she she didn't originally have the mustache planned. Yeah. She said that she was just waiting around on set, and she just started getting her eyeliner and just putting it there. And when she got on camera, and like they said, actually, Mel saw the mustache. He said that he just started dying laughing and just let it she go. Had like, just, like just the said, wispy hey, mustache. Yeah, just yeah, keep yeah. it going. That's hilarious. <laughs> that she that well because she is a funny person too. She's still doing. She was still doing shit a, a couple years ago. She's been on TV shows yeah. and Fox and whatnot. She was a uh, beer fest. She was in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's right. she's, she's hilarious too. And I, and I just, and even later on when, uh, in the, in the later movies, like, uh, Amy Yazbek was in like two of his movies, the girl from wings, from the, wings yeah. and she was, she was, uh, made Marion and, um, 
and uh, in and and Wilhelmina Harker and Dracula. Yeah. That's you know, John Ritter's uh, John Ritter's wife. Yeah, or widow. Widow. Or, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Man, way to bring it down. Wow. <laughs> She's I hot, too. Have, I She's was beautiful, on, yeah. yeah. I was on my way to Nashville that day. Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah, you were uh, traveling. Oh, Jesus. By my train? Bad, Good Lord. Oh, yeah. shit. What, what, we got to find you a method of transportation that just won't murder just, comedy uh, legends. I just, I, everything needs to come to me. I'm going to be uh, the best customer for favor on earth. Just, yeah. Just deliver everything to me. <laughs> uh, oh, I need to see my family. Just uh, bring my mom over, yeah, yeah. please. Uh, do me that favor. Now you're like... Now and then and then whenever they bring you anything, you just stare off into the fourth wall and just be like, "It's good to be the king." It's good you to know, be the king. <laughs> it's good to be the king. That, you need to like anytime you book something on Expedia, we have to give a call to Morgan Freeman. Like, you doing all right, man? Yeah, you good? Yeah, you're you're right. fine. You okay, bud? I would have. You know, we were we were talking. About, oh, well, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. Buddy. Oh shit! Uh, but one of the things that we were talking about also at the show, like, wouldn't it be great if he announced something, anything that he was Mel Brooks after after Blazing Saddles? What would be the dream project you would want him to announce? Like if he's like doing another Spaceballs two, or he's going to be doing a a, a, a produce, you know, some something else, bringing you know, Young Frankenstein. Well, he did that to Broadway. What was it though? You said? Oh, it would be great if he did. I, I don't know if this would be my number one choice, but Blazing Saddles the musical. If he were to Whoa. make Blazing Saddles the musical, he, he started to. Like at the end of uh, Young Frankenstein, there's a line of, next up, Blazing Saddles. Yeah. So they were going to make, I don't think it ever came to fruition, but. Well, he's joked about State Spaceballs 2 forever. He's been like yeah. a, kind of a troll about that for a long time. Yeah, like they had the animated series, Spaceballs the animated series. Oh, yeah, for a while. that's right, that's right. And that was interesting because it was like every episode spoofed a different genre of movie. Where it wasn't just like every episode was, hey, he's crazy characters in space. It was like they did westerns, they did yeah. dark was, ages. Well, that's the one thing about Mel Brooks is as dumb as it all is, it's smart as fuck. Oh, yeah. As dumb as it is to have a toll booth in the middle of the desert that you have to pay and Slim Pickens, like, someone's got to go back and get a shitload of dimes, you know? <laughs> like, that's his favorite line, that, right? that's, that, that was Mel Brooks's favorite line <laughs> in Spaceball and Blazing Saddles. Someone's got to go back and get a shitload of dimes. I, I love that. <laughs> that's a great line. Like, the fact, like, putting that out there. Not just, like, I need $10 in dimes. No. no. A shitload. <laughs> also, there's 100 miles on either side of this toll booth for you to ride by. I and But, like, and then, but every time he breaks you know, the fourth wall or goes meta. The, like when he he's going through the Warner Brothers lot. Yeah. There's they bust into the, the you know, Busby Berkeley gay musical, you know, the the they're singing the songs. And then he's like he's like, What are you doing? You're ruining it. He's like, piss on you. I'm working for Mel Brooks and he's and he punches Dom DeLuise. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the the level of that it's super intelligent. And then in history history of the world part one when he starts doing the whole caveman thing and all of that stuff is well thought so, out. So it's so stupid, so stupid but you know, it's so I, I, smart. I think, I think that I think that's the movie that would that's freak so me out if he made a sequel to because none of the other ones I can see sequels. Oh, if he announced, but if he made a History of the World Part, part two, two, oh shit! Whoa. I mean, he, at the end of Part One, they're like, "In Part Two, the Viking funeral or whatever." Yeah, it was. and then they yeah, take the hats yeah. and stuff the horns. But those were all sight gags. I would want them to continue, like, to literally do different scenes from history like you could keep going yeah. you know what i mean like and i'd love to see him as an old man yeah just him yeah. continue to be the 2000 year old man yeah 
Well, that's what that's what history of the world part one was. You know, yeah. like the the two thousand year old man. Like, what would happen? And then he's the piss boy and or whatever. Who, who, I wonder who would like cameo in that movie. There's a lot of great cameos or great roles in, yeah. in history of the world. I mean, Orson Welles. Fucking Orson Welles narrated. Who would narrate it now? Yeah. Anderson Cooper or something? No, it would be I more. I would. I hate to say Anderson Morgan Freeman. Cooper. Yeah, it would be Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, Freeman I would probably. hate to say Morgan Freeman. I would Anthony Hopkins, to... maybe? No Anthony Hopkins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Classic Hopkins, actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say I wouldn't want them to make a part two. I like I like leaving it just right there, part one, and there being no part two. What would you want him to announce? I would go because he always does genre style stuff where it's like Western, space, yeah, history, whatever it is. Oh, you want or Hitchcock or whatever it is. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't even mind him doing like a superhero thing. Cause I would love oh, that. Oh man, because like westerns were the big thing for the longest time. Right now, superheroes have been the big thing for like fifteen years. Also, how smart is it to do that to take the genre of the time? And turn it on its head. How many people are going to go watch a Mel Brooks superhero movie? Oh. What? That would be great. Actually, I would love that. It's funny you mentioned the Hitchcock thing. That was another one of the stories he told when he went to go eat dinner oh, with Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, really? He's like he, the way he described it, he described it like he's like a horror movie. Because <laughs> all of a sudden he's like at a restaurant. And he's like, you know, Alfred Hitchcock sits down. He's like, I love him. He was a dear friend, and he was a great film and one true genius. All this stuff. But we sit down to dinner in this fancy restaurant, and he orders shrimp cocktail, like a two-inch steak, asparagus, all these things. But and they bring it out, and he's eating it. And then at the end, he has two like two bowls of ice cream smokes with. A cigar he's, he smokes some ice cream, and he pulls a cigar out, starts smoking it, puts it out, puts it back in his pocket, and he goes, uh, "What's the guy's George. name?" He's like George. Do it again. And Mel goes. And he's like, what are you what, doing? What are you doing? <laughs> he's like, what? What's going on? He's like, he's like, wanted to run screaming from the restaurant. You like said within five minutes, shrimp cocktail. cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, uh, he didn't eat the ice cream though. He didn't <laughs> eat the ice cream. <laughs> but that whole do it again that do made me again. laugh so hard. Yeah. <laughs> George, do it again. George. Oh my again. god. Yeah. Well, uh, this is. Uh, Delightful. This is fun having you on. Oh yeah, I love you, brother. You're my my best friend. Thanks for having me, my best friend. You're the tallest person I'm friends with. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, man. That's very uh, that's very Mo Brooksian line right there. Yeah, yeah. Like the total. Um, we changed it. We changed it. Uh, latrine. What an interesting name. We changed it in the you know <laughs> in the tenth century. Oh, it used to be it's a shit. good change. <laughs> good, good change. change. And, uh, at the end of this uh, podcast, we're either gonna have a wedding uh, or a hanging. Either yeah. way, it's gonna be a real yeah. good time. <laughs> oh, I got it. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add? What, did we miss anything? Oh man, I mean, we, I mean, we missed a million. Things, I mean, a million but... things, man. You I could... mean, not even to mention like Mel Brooks produced so many movies, like The Fly. So, yeah. Well, well, like yeah. I was telling him yesterday, there was a bunch of people in the audience. Like, well, uh, Roger Bart was there, who was uh, Carmen and yeah. the producers, and played Young Frankenstein on Broadway. Yeah, and I mean, Roger Bart's uh, great. Roger yeah. Bart's there. Uh, Susan Stro- Strom was there. Um, who was it that was there? The guy who. Again, I only see this from the documentary. I watched the guy who produced uh, the Elephant Man, like the guy, oh, yeah. David, uh, David Lynch. Lynch. David Lynch was there. Yeah, like John Mulaney was, was at the show. John Mulaney oh, was, was, really was in the audience. He was oh, in the audience. Man. Yeah. So it's like, did you see him in the audience or was it announced? We're walking he, out. He, no, 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 we walked, we walked out. out. We, we saw walked John Mulaney walk by. John Mulaney just oh, walked no right by us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's just it was just so monumental to see someone who's been so inspirational to to me and and obviously. To so many other people, in a way that uh, it I mean, was, there's it was just no denying like that. Like, w- 
Chris and I always talk about that Steve Martin quote, be, like, be undeniable. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? There's no denying Mel Brooks. Yeah. And there's yeah. no denying. And I'm so much about sports. Like, I love sports, and I always have the argument about best versus greatest. Yeah. And there, even though there are certain people, and Mel Brooks says it himself, he's like, Sid Caesar was funnier than me as a performer. He goes, but at the end of the day, I am greater. I am like, I'm great. Yeah, and he's he loves himself, man. He, but that's yeah. the thing is that he he's it, like there's a certain amount of it, like it's it, for some people it'll come off as cocky and conceited. It's the walk the walk, talk the talk thing. It's exactly. Yeah. Like if you say you're great, you better be great. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, he's even better than he's saying. Yeah. Like he's he's saying he's great and he's even better than you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. it's super. It's, and and I don't know. I don't know anyone that doesn't fucking love at least one Mel Brooks movie. Oh, yeah. Like, even die they hard love. Even don't even know it's Mel Brooks. Like, so many yeah. people I'll tell, like, Mel Brooks, who? Spaceballs. Oh! Oh! <laughs> See, now we're the Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh! Yeah. Even yeah, if yeah. it's the newer ones. Yeah, the newer you know? ones. Oh, not to mention fucking Get Smart. Yes! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jesus, talk about, about that. Uh, get Smart. Invented the Cone of Silence. Uh, the Shoe with Buck, Phone. With Buck Henry, that's right. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh my God! That's there's so just much so much. There's so much. There's so much. We'll never get it all in one in one episode. Uh, his son is Max Brooks. Uh, oh yeah. And his son wrote uh, the zombie. Was World the War Z? World War Z. War Z. Guides Apocalypse or whatever. Uh, the survival guide. Survival yeah. guide. Yeah. Yeah. That was him. So he's a New York Times bestselling author. His yeah. movie. Oh, he's also his a, stuff has been produced. Uh, uh, Mel Brooks is an EGOT. Yeah, he's got an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, Oscar and, and a Tony. Tony. That's right. Yeah. He's one he's, of only I think twenty out of. All of show business of all time. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, he's just not. He's great. I man. didn't even know there were twenty. I didn't even think there would be twenty. Or it might be less. I don't know. I don't know. But even then, oh, you. What was the? He was married to Anne Bancroft. Bancroft. Oh, uh, right. We'll leave it. I'll leave it on this note. Super <sighs> yeah. touching when he was talking. Like, is he? I mean, keep in mind that he was talking about. He's from Brooklyn. Like he, he said he was like I was born in Williamsburg. Yeah. And he was third. Yeah, he was born like, he's born here. Yeah. And we're in Radio City Music Hall, which is was was around back then, and it was like where you go see the shows and stuff like that. And then he talked about how him and Anne Bancroft used to like in the middle of a story, like he literally stopped mid story and just had this moment of like telling a story about Anne Bancroft, about how she would like when he was broke and he wasn't you know not working, you know they would go to see the shows and stuff like that, and he was telling a story about his when wife. She and, would give him money under the table. She would give him money so he would pay so he could feel like the guy uh-huh. or whatever. And then so she handed him twenty bucks. And under the table, and the bill was like twelve dollars or something like that. And he goes to throw down the full twenty. He's like, "Take that! That's a tip." And she slaps him. He's like, "Why are you tipping with my money?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but "That's it, my money. What are you doing?" It was just the like the beauty that you know he had a thought, and instead of this is so Mel Brooks, like he he was doing something. Yep, he was in the middle of an interview. He had a thought in his yeah. mind, and he said, "This is more important." Yeah. Me saying what I'm thinking right now about my is wife more, yeah. is more, especially about my wife, is more important yeah. than whatever I'm doing. Yeah, I totally. I mean, it was like a super touch moment, and it's just goes to show you, like, he's always Mel Brooks. Yeah. That guy, I don't know, like, the, one of my favorite thing, uh, getting uh, comedians in cars getting coffee is when he goes to have <sighs> lunch or something with Carl Reiner. Have you seen this? No. Oh, he you goes. Watch Jerry it, Seinfeld goes and he does in comedians in cars getting coffee, and then he goes with to, with Carl Reiner. And like an old Rolls Royce. And like this old Bentley or something like this yeah, huge Rolls like Royce that, yeah. or something like that. It's some big old classic sofa car. And then he and then he they go and they eat and they're like, oh well, yeah, Mel and I eat dinner every eat you know every night or whatever every Wednesday or something like that. 
And he's like, you're more than welcome to join us. So it's Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, and Jerry Seinfeld ordering food and just watching Jeopardy. Yeah. Like, and they're just talking shit. Oh, that's awesome. And then you see Mel Brooks there just hanging out, whatever. It's hilarious. Like, he's always Mel Brooks. And I, I think that's important. Like, I being up here and people are like, oh, what, you know, you you can only do stand up or you can only do this. And I'm like, fuck you. Be like Mel Brooks. Like, that's the that's an aspirational goal to have, you know? Like, do everything. Why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm sure when he started, you know, playing the drums or something like that, and then we're like, oh, we're going to tell jokes. He's like, all right. Because that's who he was, you know? Yeah. That guy doesn't look like he has an, has an ounce of self-doubt. Oh, not at all. No. All right. No. Well, we'll wrap it up. Do you have anything you would like uh, to promote, I guess? Or no, anything? I'm good, man. I'm so... Uh, <laughs> Come hang nope. out. Yeah, just hit him uh, up when he's here. If you're in Dallas, yeah, if you're in Dallas, dude, and Chris uh, Kwan, hit up Chris Kwan. It's Googleable. It's Googleable. Yeah. Uh, Will, you got anything? Uh, I should, but I don't. Way to have that <laughs> self doubt I was talking about. Uh, uh, all right, I'm gonna, leave. I'm gonna d- edit all of this shit. Out. Uh, I need more Twitter followers. Yeah. Uh, do you Why? Know Mel Brooks ever worried about Twitter followers? Absolutely not. I doubt <laughs> them. I think we've tweeted him like 12 fucking times. Yeah, I don't think he doesn't respond, he doesn't respond at all. But he, he, he follows zero people on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't give a shit about And then you. the people that follow him are like super cool. It's like, hey, who follows you? Like the Dalai Lama, Barack yeah, yeah. Obama. Yeah. Yeah. I'm you follow, follow him back? Nah. Nah. Um, the. Oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, the, you don't have any, you don't have uh, anything else. Yeah. Right. No, no, well, nobody's gonna come. That, huh? Nobody's gonna come. What a <laughs> pussy! What a pl- I'm gonna call you a Kansas City from now on. <laughs> Kansas. Uh, um, Kentucky but, chicken fried. Kentucky chicken fried. Uh, no man, but uh, <laughs> at William A. Watkins on Twitter. So yeah. Just if you don't have yeah. nothing, just pitch your Twitter. Yeah. F- follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, man. Double tap something. You're the worst. I got person. the beeps, the creeps, the sweeps, the, <laughs> the cream. Oh, the shit. Yeah. We're being jammed. <laughs> Yogurt. Uh, raspberry. I, Only one man would dare give me the raspberry. Uh, I do want to leave it. Who was I, I can't remember who said it, but what was the, the, the bell quote? Oh, man. I mean, that's yeah, that's probably the biggest takeaway I have from Mel Brooks ever. It wasn't even Mel Brooks. It was like someone told him that on set. I think it was done. Was it Donapo or someone? Someone told him when he was making Blazing Saddles. He's like, hey, man. Or he asked, he said, is, is this too offensive? Because after one of the producers told him, you got to cut everything. You got to yeah. cut all the bad he went words. To the, the head of Warner and Brothers was like, all of this has to change. Has to go. It literally, like, all the N-words had to go out. Like, everything. Uh, well, everything. 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 Mongo. Every, everything. Every last, like, you know, you're leaving us with 12 minutes. The farting here. scene? The farts, oh, yeah. God, was, God, no it's farts. Gotta go. Everything was gone. No farts. And so he said, hey. Am I doing something wrong here? Like they asked me to make this movie, <laughs> and he said, "Mel, if you're gonna go up to the bell, ring it. Otherwise, don't even go up to the bell." Yeah. And if you're gonna it. go up to the bell, ring it. If you're gonna go up to the bell, yeah, ring it. That's it, man. If that's not heroic, I don't know what is. That's one of the best pieces of hero advice you could ever get. <laughs> uh, if, especially if you're around a lot of bells. Um. Uh, I'm at Mike Mercadol on a bunch of stuff, and uh, you can follow me there for things. Um, this won't be out in time for the Gene Wilder movie marathon, but whatever. Uh, but we'll do that. Uh, What's the next uh, uh, roast thing? The character assassination show. That is TBD. So thanks for bringing that up. 
but yeah, no, we have uh, the open mic podcast is going to be on September 15th. If you want to check that out, live podcast recording at the Cre- Creek in the Cave. And uh, uh, remember, and then just for, for this one episode, we're not going to say go out and be heroic. If you're going to step up to the bell, ring it. Hope for the best. Expect the worst. The world's a stage. We're unrehearsed. Some reach the top, friends, while others flop, friends. Hope for the best, expect the worst. Live while you're alive, no one will survive. There's no guarantee. Hope for the best, Hope for the best. expect the worst. Expect the worst. You could be told. Take your chances, there are no answers, hope for the best, expect the worst. Ladies and gentlemen, Martin Short. He rode a blazing saddle, he wore a shining star. His job to offer battle, to bat and near and far. He conquered fear and he conquered Good hate. He turned our nights into day. He made his blazing saddle a torch to light away. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Black. We're men, we're men in tights. We roam around the forest looking for fights. We're men, we're men in tights. We rob from the rich and get to the poor, that's right. We may look like sissies, but watch what you say or else we'll pull out your lights. We're men, we're men in tights. Always on guard defending the people's rights. We're men, we're men in tights. tights. Always on guard defending the people's rights. When you're in just go for the men in tights. We're push. Ladies and gentlemen, Harry Connick Jr. Anxiety Whenever you're near Anxiety It's you that I fear It's very clear to me I've got to give in Anxiety
Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Kind. Let's begin the Inquisition. Look out, Sid, we have a mission to convert the Jews. Don't be boring. Say yes. Don't be dull. A fact you're ignoring. It's better to lose your skull cap than your skull. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Morrison. And now we springtime for Hitler and Germany. Deutschland is happy and gay. We're marching to to pace look out here comes the master race springtime for Hitler and Germany winter for Poland and France I'm parked out back springtime for Hitler and Germany come on Germans Myself, hail to me. I'm the crowd who's out to change our history. Hail myself, raise your hand. There's no greater dictator in the land. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Beach. Everything I do, I do for you. If you're looking for a war, here's World War Two. Hail myself, raise your fear. Every happy coffee, nothing stand and cheer. I'll myself watch my show. I'm the German Ethel Merman, don't you know? We are crossing borders, a new world order is here. Make a great big smile, everyone sing hail to me. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Broderick. I want to be a producer with 
the hit show on Broadway. I wanna be a producer, lunch at Sardi's every day. I wanna be a producer, sport a top hat and a cane. I wanna be a producer and drive those chorus girls insane. No one ever made me feel like someone till him. It's good to be the king. Life was really nothing but a glum one. Chill him. My existence bordered on the tragic. Always timid, never took a chance. Then I felt his magic, and my heart began to dance. I was always frightened, frothless, worried. Chill him. I was going nowhere in a hurry till him.